With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello and welcome to the Morning Skate Podcast. I am Matt Moody, joined once again by a non-DJ Mitchell character. I'm joined by Mike Berg, uh, MK Berg 12 in the uh, Discord for you for you folks out there, who was kind enough to jump on to me to discuss this, jump on with me, oh boy, uh, to discuss this Thursday, October 19th NHL DFS slate. So Mike, uh, thank you for joining. Um, uh, hopefully you're not jumping on me anytime soon, but uh, how are you doing? I, I'm great. Thank you for having me. Uh, it's exciting to get a call up to the big leagues. Um, I know I have big shoes to fill um, with DJ being gone. Um, also, I, I want to say, uh, Ben, um, I actually have I've, uh, not come across them before in the space, but I, I was super impressed with uh, you know his breakdown. I thought uh, everything uh, was, was done really well. And I, I do want to say, <laughs> uh, it sounds like even from the subtleties that he had uh, breaking down some of the games that him and I um, look at slates similarly. Um, so even though, you know, the Buffalo ones of the world and the Winnipeg twos, uh, did not work out on, on Tuesday. Um, I was there with him and, uh, yeah, we, we probably didn't have great nights overall, but, uh, you know, we're here to, to fight another day. Yeah. Um, and that's, uh, yeah, I mean, well, well warranted the, uh, comparison there because I, I thought Tuesday sleep where Tuesday's sleep breakdown went great. Um, so, I uh, was was very surprised to have uh, multiple people be like, yeah, sure, I'll do this without DJ, you know, just given, uh, you know, it's it's a, it's a tough gig sitting here and listening to me drone on for over an hour in some cases. So, uh, you know, it's much appreciated to, to you and to obviously to Ben and to everyone who listens, really, because uh, I wouldn't do this if we didn't have such a, a rabid fan base for, for some odd reason. Um, but on that note, we should be getting DJ back next week. Uh, we'll hear all about his uh, exploits over on the West Coast. He will be at the uh, Carolina at Seattle game tonight, or, or when you're listening to this tonight. Um, so looking forward to that for him, seeing the new building. Um, the other sort of main note I wanted to mention was, uh, speaking of the Tuesday slate, I did write up um, basically my post hoc, like, uh, review of my play from Tuesday night over on the newsletter that'll be uh it's linked in the uh description and on my Twitter and in the discord so you probably have seen it by now but just in case you haven't um and you sort of want to revisit Tuesday slate um I'm gonna make it an effort to try and review all of those you know flagship GPP type slates um, because odds are I'll have several tickets and instead of being like a one lineup donkey like I normally am I'll sort of try to branch out and play like a handful of lineups um, depending on, you know, my uh, satellite success. So I did that. I, I thought it was, um, you know, it was reasonably fun to write and hopefully uh, you guys got some use out of it um, when you review it. So anything else you want to say before we head into the, uh, the, the Thursday slate here and break down game by game? 
we have a lot of games to get to, of course. Um, and I, I, I want to say I do have some narratives that I have uh, taken notes on. Uh, I was not aware of the DJ being at uh, the Carolina uh, Kraken game um, as a narrative, but we need to figure out, uh, at least add that in our analysis of, uh, you know, how that game's going to go based on uh, his appearance in that game. Yes. So. Um, and we'll need to check the, uh, we'll need to check the tape, but I believe he packed his Jared McCann jersey. I want to say he also has a Vince Dunn jersey though. So um you know, but we'll need to stay tuned in to our uh, reporters at this on the scene. Um, so, all right, a quick game by game overview before we get into the mega breakdown. Um, leading things off with Calgary at Buffalo. Um, don't think there's much there based on my notes. I, I write too small on these uh, twelve game slates, so I'm like squinting to view what I wrote. Uh, Toronto at Florida. Uh, I have. Uh, Matthew Nyes up on the line with Tavares and Nylander. Just a little tweak there. Um, Nashville at the Rangers. Vancouver at Tampa. We still don't know about Steven Stamkos. Um, he's now missed the last two games for Tampa. Uh, so we'll sort of uh, talk about uh, you know what to expect if he misses versus if he plays. Um, Edmonton at Philly. Um, no news there. Torts is being torts with Morgan Frost. I'll complain about that. Uh, LA at Minnesota. Minnesota uh, lost Alex Goligoski after our recording on uh, on Monday night. So he well he went down in AM skate on Tuesday, so to speak, and that sort of throws the defense into a bit more of interest than we otherwise may have suspected. So we'll talk a bit about what Minnesota does um, without two of their main sort of offensive minute eater type defensemen. Uh, Arizona at St. Louis. Uh, Pavel Bushnevich went down last game. He has been ruled out for Thursday. So a lot of rearrangement on the St. Louis end of things. Vegas at Winnipeg. Uh, Winnipeg took a brutal loss. Uh, Gabe Velarde out for about a month to a month and a half. A lot of shakeups as a result of that injury. And with Vegas, we saw Petrangelo miss uh, last game as well. So uh, no further update on when he may return. Dallas at Anaheim. Some power play tweaking uh, with the Ducks. Carolina at Seattle. Uh, Smash and Ajo was a late scratch on Tuesday night, uh, so kind of an interesting situation there, though a much less lucrative matchup than uh, San Jose with them facing Seattle. Uh, Chicago at Colorado, the fight in Bedards uh, headed to a 10.30 ESPN game. I found that very interesting. There's no prelude, like it's only ESPN at 10.30. Um, for Colorado, which is like an 8.30 local start. Uh, so very, very strange there. But in any case, um, the final game is Boston at San Jose. Uh, new lines for Boston, new lines for San Jose. Uh, we will break those down. So anything off the top that you think I missed that's sort of slate defining, any high-end thoughts on the slate itself, any any questions, anything like that? Um, well, one thing, uh, I mean, I, I don't think this will end up being a thing, but uh, I saw Petter- Pedersen, um, uh, he uh, missed practice today. It sounds like uh, he's probably going to play since Lafferty was the one who was filling in at line one. So probably just a placeholder situation, but I, I would say that's something at least to monitor. Um, I, I also, Nashville did a little bit of, of blending at the end of their game, uh, you know, and we can get into some of that stuff more, um, you know, when we get into that specific game, but uh, I, I would pay attention, um, you know, to morning skate in a lot of these situations because there probably is 
you know, uh, some situations. Also, um, I, I, I sorry if I missed this, but um, did we wish everybody a happy uh, Leo Carlson Day for tomorrow? <laughs> um, I mentioned the uh, power play rearrangement, but I was more planning to complain about it. Um, but you know, <laughs> I I do understand the uh, the min salary, um, you know, second overall pick uh, hype that we could be getting into here. Yeah, it, it, exciting times, exciting times. I also be, just before we get in this, because we're now on the slate, um, I do have to ask you: Are you ready to take your team on Meyer victory lap yet? <laughs> I am not. Um, you know, I, I I'm very close. Um, I you know, frankly, it's gotten to the point where it's almost kind of sad. Like the dude played what one or two shifts in the third period last game. Like you know, I didn't want him to get the Kevin LeBanc treatment in New Jersey. That's not what I was going for. Um, so you know, maybe I was being a bit too nice. So calling him uh, Fancy Victor Arfordson. That's all I'll say. All right, fair enough. Fair enough. So otherwise, no, I think we're good to go. Okay. Um, so leading things off in Calgary and Buffalo, um, you know, I, I've touched on this multiple times now in the discord and in my Tuesday slate recap, uh, Buffalo was oddly popular on in what I thought was a relatively bad matchup. Like I, I just didn't buy that Tampa's two game sample on their road trip, really struggling defensively was something to buy into. Um, you know, they didn't really help you do anything. They wound up winning, of course, and, you know, Tage Thompson hit the shots bonus, and I think Dalene had a decent game, but nothing, you know, nothing stands out. Um, taking on Calgary here, I'm, you know, doubting the field goes back to it. I don't think there's anything in Calgary that makes you think the same things that, you know, Tampa with their backup, backup, backup goalie and Jonas Johansson and all their struggles to start the year. I think that was a one-off situation, but I'm at least a little bit intrigued. Like, will Buffalo just be the team that everyone's stacking this year for no reason whatsoever? Because that makes me kind of sad, you know, being a Sabres fan. It's like I have the root against these guys every night. Um, so, you know, do you have a take on what happened Tuesday, um, or with Buffalo's ownership or, you know, uh, just what you're doing on Thursday night with them? Well, as, as somebody that did play some Buffalo, uh, on <laughs> that's true. <laughs> I, I will say, I, I think maybe, uh, you know, you have just some of the narrative, uh, you know, factors in play there. Uh, you know, again, probably just speaking for myself more than anything, uh, you know, so I don't want to project that on everybody else, but, uh, you know, I, I know you mentioned, uh, you know, the, the famous quote, you know, uh, about, um, Johansson, um, which I mean, I think everybody thinks that is, uh, you know, secretive, but everybody also knows at the same time. Um, in in reality, um, that's probably I, I think that's probably driving some of that. Uh, you know, again, probably speaking for myself more than anything uh, from that standpoint. So I, I don't think that follows in this situation uh, the same way. I think people, you know, even though we're still early in the season, uh, I think there's probably still like. Yes, like even I, I don't think uh you know DFS was what you know was in the past where you know uh box score uh scouting uh dominated more things. Um so I I, I think people still stick to priors more often, uh, you know, again, maybe assuming a sharper market. But um with that being said, uh I I, I do think uh you know a lot of Tampa's uh early performance influenced a lot of that ownership. Um so I, I would anticipate them going uh lower owned, especially especially when we're talking about a slate this, you know, bigger size. Mm -hmm. So 
Um, sure. I, I do think they go uh, lower, and probably for a good reason, for that matter, too. Um, there's probably also I, the last thing a lot on this is that uh, you know maybe a little bit of FOMO just from you know what Buffalo one specifically did you know early in the season last year uh, or throughout the, you know a good portion of the season, <laughs> right? You know, the last third of it, so uh, that probably also factored in before people are ready to to jump off it. So yeah, so um, you know I would say that on some slates this Buffalo three really but they're honestly the second line in middle stat benson and greenway does draw some interest just because they're playing a lot of minutes they're you know they're getting power play time at least middle stat and benson are um and like you know there's at least some upside that you can say like oh yeah these guys could definitely have a two-point night and they're all like sub 3k middle stats 3100 so like i get it i'm just not playing those types of really thin plays into ownership and that's exactly what happened on tuesday so i'm a little bit wary of that interestingly though i think calgary is like phenomenally good play i mean jonathan huberto is four thousand dollars on DraftKings. i i don't know what to tell you i am the most anti Jonathan huberto guy in general but that's just because he's been overpriced for what he is as a player and what he is as a player is a wonderful playmaker playing with two really quality shot first centers and elias lindholm and nazim kadri who i think are expensive enough so that like calgary is not just going to be jammed in um you know there's there's some uncertainty with coronado on the top power play like we literally had their power play coach say that uh coronado in the net front might not last um so i would be pretty hesitant to play coronado all things considered um but like a huberto lindholm a mini stack or a huberto rasmus anderson mini stack i think honestly is a pretty solid option um or a three-man stack just because huberto is such a good value for the three-point potential that he has now if he doesn't get there he's you know he's gonna hurt you um but you know so is anyone in the sub 4k range like you're not expecting you know shot bonuses even in failures so i'm pretty interested in calgary here i will you know probably be playing against buffalo most slates um until i i feel like the field realizes like even if they are good it's not because they're good defensively it's because you know they outscore their problems and so uh no matthias samuelson too it seems like he uh got hurt we don't know whether he you know returns for thursday or not though but that's another uh, you know another guy on the blue line who is one of their only good defensive players outside of Dalian. so um just a lot of reasons i think to keep an eye on calgary here anything specific on calgary you want to touch on um, so I, I might have, uh, this, I think this is from a few days ago, so I'm not sure if this was still the case, but I, I did see that Manjipani was was uh, running some of the net front, um, uh, and maybe that didn't play out. I'm checking, you know, their last game log here, but, um, you know, that that would be, of course, a relevant point for for Calgary 1, um, you know, just running that that full stack there. Uh, I, I'm, I'm in agreement with you um that's one of the stacks that i had marked down early in, in the slate um just because you know not to get it i i might get banned for bringing up the line matching part of it but you know calgary or any any first line running into buffalo um i'm I'm not just not afraid of that matchup overall necessarily um you know so um i i especially price considering um you know that's maybe uh maybe that's going to be a popular filler um but if the ownership comes in uh, lower than I expect it to, um, that's probably going to be one on, on my uh, short list. Uh, yeah, you know. I, and, so. I, and I and I don't think uh, the field has really been playing Huberto, strangely. Uh, I'll go back and check my contest because they haven't played in a couple of days on a big slate. Um, but like Huberto's been 
sub 5k all year and i don't think he's been as popular as i've expected so um you know but, but we'll keep an eye on it of course if, if there seems to be some steam in calgary i'm more than happy to fade jonathan huberto at high ownership you know at any time um, right. but i'm just not seeing anything like you know abhorrent coming in uh, just because there's so many options on this 12 game slate um <laughs> i also i also failed to mention that DraftKings really came through for us on this Thursday slate. Uh, you know, there's a Thursday night football game, of course, but otherwise, you know, there's baseball, um, a two game slate going on. And DraftKings set us up with a $555 high six contest with 50K to first. I mean, for a non, for an off night, basically, that's easily the most impressive contest I've ever seen. You know, maybe five years ago, something similar happened. I don't think so, though. Um, so, you know, make sure that if you are of the bankroll that you are trying to, you know, fill uh, one or two or maybe three lineups, even if you're stretching it a bit, if you want to see this sort of thing again, you know, I, obviously I would uh, encourage a responsible gaming, but um, this is the sort of thing where if it doesn't fill, we're never getting it again. But if it does, you know, hey, uh, th there's a lot more opportunities this season to get these sort of massive uh, top prizes that we rarely see. And 25K to the $15 winner is not that bad either, considering it's up against football and baseball. So uh, just a little slate note that I failed to note before uh, we dove into things. And I'm sure uh, DraftKings has listened to all of us and they will just continue to to pump this stuff out year long for us um, and never disappoint. So um, exactly. I, I just want to add one more thing on the, the Huberto point, because uh, I know that uh, uh, the MSP, MSP community uh, has, uh, you know, I, I don't think we've been the biggest lovers of Huberto overall, uh, but I think there's a very important distinction, which you hit on that I'll just expand on very quickly, that, um, you know, given, you know, we're not talking about, you know, 7K uh, uh, Huberto here at, you know, 15% uh, ownership here, right? Um, you know, uh, given the discounted price and, you know, if we're seeing the discounted ownership uh, to go with it, um, you know, it, it's a it's a very, very fair play at, at that point. Right. Um, you know, so although, you know, it, it's not my favorite player to play, um, you know, given given that upside, um, you know, we're talking about an extremely different situation uh, this year versus the last, uh, you know, two or three seasons. So, yeah, um, just make sure you don't one off Huberto. That yeah. that is a no, no. <laughs> um, OK, so Toronto at Florida here. Um you know, I would imagine that Toronto picks up some interest. Um, I haven't fully assessed whether, you know, the, the Philly matchup for Edmonton is going to drive ownership or if people are just going to be like, yeah, it's, you know, it's torts. He's going to throw, you know, six guys on the ice to just shadow McDavid. Um, but, you know, McKinnon is obviously going to be very, very, very popular against um, against Chicago. But I am trying to figure out who the second guy in line is here. And I kind of feel like it'll be Matthews. We'll see. Um, but Matthews uh, getting the uh, Florida matchup, you know, this is a team that loves to, to push the pace. We, we've seen them, uh, you know, be a high-flying team for, for a long time now. Uh, unfortunately, we're seeing a bit of price creep on the secondary, like, Star Leafs. Uh, Tavares up from 6,400 to start the year to 7,100. Uh, Nylander's up from 5,900 to 7,300. And Mitch Marner is from 64 to 6,900. So I'm, I think I'm out on Toronto here. There's just too much money. Um, again, sort of similar to last slate. There's so many mid-tier options. And I just don't feel good enough about this matchup 
to just want to spend, you know, like 60% of my forward salary on three guys. Um, so I'm somewhat interested in how Matthew Nyes fares alongside Tavares and Nylander, but I'll probably wait a game before I jump in. Just again, 12 game slate, uh, 2,800 for a guy who hasn't seen more than 12 minutes this season. I'm a little worried. So, you know, even though he's got good line mates, I just don't think there's a discount on the other two guys he's with. So uh, anything on the Toronto side for you stand out? Uh, no, I, I mostly agree with what you're saying. I mean, it, it was fun for at least, you know, the first couple games to be able to, uh, you know, um, uh, leave off Marner, maybe uh, Rowan, Matthews with Tavares and Nylander, um, you know, when they were, you know, more discounted uh, and still be able to, you know, add in a good secondary stack in there. Um, but especially on a state like this, it's, you know, the, you know, the cost is just so prohibitive to to doing something like that. And, um, you know, Florida kind of, you know, moving up, uh, you know, some of their their strength to those top two lines. Um, it just, it's just not something, you know, based on the cost that I, I'm, you know, going to prioritize at least, um, mm-hmm. you know, I agree, you know, pace looks good, uh, you know, Florida, um, from a defensive standpoint, especially, uh, you know, missing some key guys, um, I see, you know, the opportunity there. Um, but again, just not something I'm going to prioritize necessarily going into this slate. So, yeah. Um, and on the other side, uh, DraftKings has dropped the ball on Evan Rodriguez somehow. Uh, he's his lowest salary of, of the season. Uh, I mean, this dude, all he's doing is chucking pucks. He's playing alongside Barkov and Reinhardt and on the top power play. Um, and he is 4,100. Uh, Evan Rodriguez is, I mean, like he's not the best player in the world, but he's very reliable. Uh, this is a player who I think you can deploy in one-offs very easily. You can consider stacking with Oliver Ekman Larson, who is playing a sizable role for this blue line. You know, we were waiting, we were hoping someone would step up. Um, and Ekman Larson has played at least 25 minutes in each game this year. Uh, he's up there among the league leaders too in shot attempts per game. Now, you know, I'm not totally expecting that to continue, but for 3,700, a guy who's getting these minutes, who obviously can stand in front of pucks, um, you know, kills penalties, etc. I think Ekman Larson's a decent candidate for the box bonus, for a points bonus, and for a shots bonus. You know, probably not altogether, but for 3,700, you're not asking for a lot. And I think he can give you a lot. And so I like mini stacks with Rodriguez or just, you know, the full line stack because Reinhardt and Barkov are, you know, a little pricey for what they are. But, you know, the correlation could certainly make that worth it in top heavy GPPs for sure. Um, So any interest in Florida? Yeah, I, I do. I do have more interest on the Florida side. Um, you know, Toronto has uh, seemed to be a little bit more leaky, and and we're dealing with small sample sizes here. I, I you know, on what I, I will say, like sitting on this side of the table, uh, I do have so much more respect for you guys because typically I'm even listening to these podcasts like much later in my process. Uh, you know, the day of, right? And you know, we're dealing with you know uh, just lack of information, you know, across the board here. Um, but you know, in addition to that. Um, you know, the, the, you know, we, we don't know where, you know, ownership is going to be in a lot of these cases. We can, you know, make our guesses on that kind of stuff. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I think, uh, you know, the small sample size we're dealing with early in the season also has, you know, a major impact on this. Whereas, like, do we believe that Toronto is going to continue to be this leaky uh, defensively? I mean, uh, you know, we, we can, uh, uh, um, Klingberg, you know, is somebody that, you know, has, has not proven to be effective defensively, which maybe we didn't expect going in the season at all, but, uh, it certainly, um, hasn't helped them. Um, 
you know, they, they've also mixed around, you know, some of the, you know, middle six, you know, throughout the year. And I know that they've, you know, Nice has played with Tavares and Newlander before, um, but just the fact that they're, you know, turning some of that over and over, you know, uh, I guess is a, a slight concern to me, uh, at least in the short term. So I, I do think both uh, four to one and four to two uh, are options on this slate, um, you know, for sure. Um I, I don't know for sure which one I would lean to right now. I think I maybe let ownership uh, dictate a little bit of that. Not that I'm letting ownership dictate all my decisions on this side, but um, you know, I, I think going into you know either uh, you know the Matthews line or the Devar's line, I, I'm not super concerned uh, you know overall with with uh, those matchups. Um, so whether it's um, like you said, you know, one-offs with Rodriguez, uh, OEL, um, or, you know, playing that second line and, and pairing up OEL with that, uh, I think those are both in my consideration right now. Yes. As well. um, and just for, uh, you know, uh, I guess for the sake of it, uh, Sam Bennett is still out. He's not returning. So uh, should get Louis Ryan in alongside for Hagee and Kachuk for that second line in Florida. Um, so moving over to Nashville at the Rangers, um, Nashville is shooting at 3% on the season. <laughs> Three. I mean, it is jaw dropping stuff from these guys. Um, I want to say they're in the top five in the league and expected goals. So if you're one of those people who are trying to dive into the, uh, you know, the small samples, uh, this is a good place to start. Um, because, you know, Forsberg and Yossi, of course, are expensive, um, and Ryan O'Reilly still remains ridiculously expensive, um, but Tommy Novak should be on the top power play. It looked like it was supposed to be Evangelista, but Novak started there. Novak scored on the power play one, um, so he had six shots last game. I mean, like, sub-4K for a guy who's going to possess the puck on the top power play. Um, always in play regardless of matchup you know whatever um you know probably not in my consideration set here but just for uh you know just for full uh, transparency that's what i found on the ranger side i think uh the only place i was somewhat interested in was you know eric gustafson if ryan lindgren uh misses uh he returned on monday and seemed like he was fine so you know gustafson is now more expensive he's getting power play to run um over blake wheeler I, again, don't feel like victory lapping that. It's just too sad. I mean, Blake Wheeler's completely cooked, um, but uh, it is what it is. This game is a full-on fade for me. I'm not very interested in the pricing uh, whatsoever. So anything from you that you're uh, liking? Um, so I, I do have my, I, I have to disclose my bias. I, I am a, a Rangers fan, um, although I will say that up until probably the start of this year, I, I have played against the Rangers more than I've actually played <laughs> Rangers. Um, with that, with that being said, um, you know, I, I uh, the uh, first line, um, you know, Mika, uh, Kreider and, and Kako, um, you know, they, they have put together good numbers together. Um, and Nashville is a team that I, I'm not hesitant in attacking, um, you know, so price given again, like, you know, just figuring out, you know, like, okay, is this, is this going to be uh, you know, 17, three, that's probably not like, you know, in a, a filler range. So I, I anticipate them going pretty well owned. Um, and, you know, more people seem, I, I think that second line, you know, the Panarin, uh, Hedl and uh, Lafreniere line um, is going to get more ownership if, if uh, people are going to go there. So um, I, I do think, uh, you know, that line is in my consideration that that New York first line, um, you know, again, just 
looking at, you know, what they've done together. They've had an, a good track uh, history together going back to last season. Uh, and thankfully they've had, you know, some, you know, longevity at least to start the season playing together because I know last year everything was shaken up quite a bit. So um, it's in my consideration. It's not necessarily a game that I, I'm highlighting right now. It's something I want to target. Um, but, you know, if I'm looking at more of like a balanced build, um, you know, I could I could see playing uh, Rangers one um, in, in that uh, in that mix. Yeah, I mean, uh, I think Kreider is pretty underrated as a goal scorer by, you know, I don't know who's necessarily rating these people, um, but like Chris Kreider has been very, very effective at, you know, one, we've seen it flashes on the power play, but at five on five, like his goal scoring is among the league's best. And, you know, that's for a guy who also kills penalties, um, you know, who's going to play 20 minutes and can block shots and whatever else. Um, so I don't hate his price tag, but again, it, it's sort of tough for me to find the money for Zabinage ad when these star centers are just a bit more. Um so generally speaking, I want to be in on Nashville's like environment under Brunette, uh, but I'm just not sure that this uh, sleep with this pricing is is the one for me. Uh, Vancouver. At well, I, I, I just wanted to add one more thing in there really quickly. Um, this this might not a morning skate, you know, monitor for sure. But uh, at the end of the game, they did flip uh, Nyquist and Tomasino. Um, now this probably won't matter overall, you know, like, I, I don't know who's really, you know, grinding Nashville two and three on a site like this, um, but something to monitor that they did flip those, um, you know, in that, that beat down, um, which maybe they didn't deserve as much, um, but uh, nevertheless, uh, that could be something that sticks uh, heading into this next game. So, yeah, for sure. If you're stacking around Tommy Novak, keep an eye on <laughs> his line mates, basically, um, yeah. is what I would say, because yeah, they, they were a uh, absolute blunder after uh, Edmonton, uh, the dry sidles showed up and just uh, pounded them in in the first period so um yeah so vancouver at tampa you mentioned patterson mispractice um uh you know we had a talk come out and say that he was fine and it was you know maintenance but that he's quote banged up so if that matters you know i'm not totally worried about it unless they tell you oh it's a wrist injury you know we talk about that a lot um but just not really worried about um that here in general again i'm pretty sure tampa's not as bad as they've shown so far this season so you know i i get why people want to play elitis Pedersen. he's he's great i mean there's no uh there's no reason he can't outscore the other elite centers on the slate i, I just don't like his odds to do so enough to, to make this a priority um, and on the Tampa side, I'm going to need to see the Stamkos news before I make any final decisions. Um, Vancouver has shaped up a little bit this season, you know, uh, obviously playing Edmonton twice and beating them helps. Um, but, you know, I'm not sure that Vancouver is going to be as bad defensively as we've seen in past years either. So these are two teams that I'm generally still respecting. Um, and just without any glaring mispricings, I'm not that interested in chasing this game. So anything in uh, this spot stand out to you? Yeah. So um, you, you mentioned uh, the EP stuff. I, I'm, I'm not super concerned about that, uh, you know, based on what I mentioned. I, I, I will say that they did blend uh, a little bit at the end of, of their last game. Um, and they, it seemed like they threw together. Uh, Pedersen, uh, Miller, and Besser um, at a time. I, I don't know. I don't necessarily expect that to stick. You know that I think that was maybe just chasing in that game. Um, but again, just something to monitor overall. Um, you know, with Vancouver um, morning skate. You know, just lines. Uh, just, just something to be aware of. 
I, I did also notice again some blending on the Tampa side. Um, we they did see a uh, um, uh, ABB hopping up into the first line. Um, you know, again, could be chasing, could could be something, could be nothing. Um, but you know that that would you know uh, certainly make uh, Tampa one uh, a lot cheaper um, and easy to easier to digest. Um, I will say, I mean, I know that you guys have spoken spoken about this, uh, you know, in prior years. But for some, for whatever reason, Tampa doesn't seem to get, uh, you know, it's just not very uh, popular. You know, price wise, it's prohibitive, of course. You know, but um, you know, it, it's something that tends to fly under the radar. And and I, I do agree with you that, uh, you know, I don't I don't see Vancouver as being uh, as much of a defensive liability as prior years. Um, but you know, just even you know, looking at you know, what's happened, you know, in a short sample size, it does seem like, you know, that they've been uh, giving up a lot of high danger um, and just, you know, expected goals against uh, to start the year. So um, that could be a, a sneaky, uh, you know, even if, you know, we're going with the Hegel um, point uh, Kucherov uh, top line, you know, at that salary, it could be something that, um, you know, is, is, you know, unowned compared to uh, some of the other top lines. So, um, you know, if that's in your consideration, uh, you know, it's something that at least I'm thinking about going into the site. Um, I'm not sure if I'll end up on that uh, for sure. But, um, you know, again, if, if it's, you know, looking at, uh, you know, another couple high, uh, higher end, uh, high owned lines, uh, you know, I might I might consider Tampa in that, in that situation. Yeah, I might go fishing from the Sergachev uh, pond too, because uh, if Stamkos misses, both Sergachev and Hedman run the top power play last game. Having that certainty that Sergachev is a power play one defenseman, I mean, this dude is among the least best in terms of the block shots. He's not afraid to shoot. I'm, you know, I think he's very talented, um, and I, and I believe he's going to be more of like a, a puck distributor on the power play, given he's in the Stamkos role. He's a lefty shot, um, so I feel pretty good about his ability to be involved. Uh, regardless of game state, regardless of game script, 5,600 just doesn't feel expensive enough uh, for a guy of his profile. Um, now, the 5K range, I think the upper 5K especially, is loaded from a fantasy perspective. Um, but Sergeyev is certainly among the best, uh, if only because he really does offer you that double bonus, like floor potential, um, plus some point, uh, you know, certainty with the power play one gig, um, if we get that confirmed. So uh, moving from there, uh, into Edmonton, I mean, you know, I already kind of talked about how I kind of feel like McDavid will go lower than uh, Matthews just from like a price perspective. Like, even though uh, we talked about Toronto's line mates being much more expensive, uh, Leon Dreisel is still 8800 I mean, it's a very, very hefty price to pay. Um, you're going to need to find a lot of value to uh, get that sort of stack done. Um so, you know, I guess, how are you feeling about chasing these Edmonton points after Dreisaitl put up uh, 40 and a half points and somehow wasn't in the winner last night uh, on Tuesday? Simply stunning. Um, no, I I, uh, I get, uh, I, so, I mean, I, I, I don't think, I think you're right that uh, ownership probably won't be there. Uh, it's not necessarily something I'm chasing uh, regardless of that, um, you know, um Philly is a team that yeah I, I can see the argument of why you would want to uh, attack that, um, but uh, you know just you're really digging yourself uh, a hole in a site like this, uh, you know paying those type of prices. And I think I think this was mentioned by you or maybe it was Ben on on the uh, Tuesday slate of uh, you know it's really hard to envision uh, one of those two getting there when they're on the same line, assuming that they're going to stick there for the whole game uh, without the other. 
um and, and it's sure fine it, it's it's a great bet to make uh i guess um but it's probably not something that uh you know i'm going to be chasing um in a say like this so and because we just saw mcdavid technically not get there you know 16 and a half is is not you know nothing um but for his price that's not really getting there we could even see some one-offs of these guys and i i just don't think that's the right approach either so um, I'm certainly not chasing Edmonton too either. Like I just don't want any part of Philly. They're already kind of a mess. We don't know whether Tyson Forster or Bobby Brink is going to be scratched. For some reason, Bobby Brink is 5,700. Like it just none of this game makes sense. I don't think any of it's attractive whatsoever. So I'm just um, I'm I may consider Edmonton. Well, we'll see where I land on the sort of like upper end. Um, but if it's not McDavid, Drysaddle, Bouchard, it's nothing from this game for me. So, uh, any anything else you want to say on, on that spot? I'll just say like you know on, on a shorter slate, uh, a smaller slate. Um, I would consider some Philly pieces. You know, I, again, like this is this is just assuming that you know Torts is going to Torts, which we know that he Torts is going to Torts. Um, you know, but, uh, on a slate like this, I just don't think that there's, there's, there's anything there, uh, you know, but, uh, with that being said, I do have some optimism around Philly overall. Um, now we'll see like what a bigger sample size will do. Um, but, you know, given, uh, you know, the pieces they have back this year, you know, just what they dealt with last year. Um, I, I feel like there, there's, there's pieces there, you know, that could win, you know, a five game slate or an eight game slate, you know, um, you know, something in that more mid range, uh, but just nothing, uh, you know, uh, of a site like this. So. Yeah, like Cam York looks the part, but he's still a super low floor option. And for some reason, he's $4,100. Like, it's just they're, they're offering us nothing here. So I don't think we need to try too hard. Uh, LA at Minnesota. Um, so we were not going to see Minnesota play the the weirdness where Kaprizov just plays with everyone. Now, of course, uh, the Montreal game was marred by penalties. So basically, Kaprizov just played with his power play mates, and that was it because every time they were on the power play, um, but you know, the price is 400 more, the matchups much more difficult. There's going to be 12 forwards in the lineup. I'm just not really that interested in this game. Uh, theoretically, uh, maybe you'll maybe you did your research on the revenge spots. Kevin Fiala is here, um, technically Brock Faber, you know, a little revenge spot too. Um, but I'm just I'm not sold on this game. You know, Pierre Luc Dubois is 5,200 now, he's priced up a little bit. And Leferrier and Kaliev are both really interesting, um, but you know we just saw them get pretty decent ownership. We just saw you know LA basically sealing on us, and uh, in order to fit in the McKinnons of the world, I do think LA's wings are going to be quite popular. And you know what Minnesota is like; they're a team that's very sound defensively. They're, there's just you know even without Jared Spurgeon, without Alex Goligosi, I just don't think they allow much. Um, so I'm a little concerned that the LA steam train uh, will will come in here, um, but but how does you know how do you feel about a still underpriced Kaliev um, at 2800 here? I mean, we uh, again MSP community uh, very big Kaliev fans, uh, you know. But uh, so you mentioned the Fiala, uh, Fiala revenge. Uh, I we did miss the JT Miller revenge portion of it, um, you know. So that that is that is worth <laughs> for going revenge narratives. Yeah. Um, but uh, with that being said. Um, you know, yeah, you mentioned like uh, Minnesota on Tuesday. I think almost all of their goals were special teams goals. I think they got a couple of shorties in that game too. Um, you know, so uh, I, I, first of all, I'm not, I'm not uh, playing anything on the wild side. Um, 
you know, offensively, I think they, they recalled uh, Sammy Walker. I'm not sure if he's, you know, for sure going to be in the mix to make it, you know, 12 or not. I didn't know if I, I didn't come across any lines. Yeah. He, I mean, it's almost certain that he'll play. He's not even on the slate though. So like, yeah, yeah. I, I just be in the mix. It just, yeah, it takes away from, uh, you know, even the increased price for Kaprizov. Uh, you know, you, you're not getting those extra, those extra minutes floating around. Um, I, I would be more likely to, uh, and actually I, I have to double check the pricing. Uh, I'd be more likely to go uh, Gustafson in this game than play, um, you know, the Kings, especially if, you know, uh, you're going to get that steam, like you said, uh, on the Kings coming off that game. Um, I, I, you know, I trust the system, you know, for the wild, um, you know, in this situation. Um, and uh, it's not an, it's not a game I'm going to target offensively. Let's put it that way. Yep. Um, makes perfect sense. Kalen Addison is a guy to consider if you're stacking the Minnesota pieces. Um, he played 19 minutes last game. But, you know, caveat, that's almost certainly because there were way more power plays than one would expect for a normal game. So I don't think we saw a massive shift in his usage, but without Golikowski or without Spurgeon, like those minutes have to go somewhere other than Brock Faber. Um, so, you know, Faber's a bit too expensive at 3400 I think you can find similar profiles at 25000 Um, So, you know, it's, it's there, but not super necessary to me. Um, Arizona at st louis arizona at the end of their last game uh you know, on long island they did move uh logan cooley to well they moved michelli onto logan cooley's line uh which i found kind of interesting um cooley's 4400 you know he was 4700 i think on tuesday um but he's power play one we know cooley's super talented and the thing about michelli is that he is instant offense um he's just a very good uh, prospect but he's such a playmaker he profiles as a pass first player like to the absolute extremes um so Cooley playing with Jason Zucker uh who's you know an established NHL player and Michelli who I think has a lot of upside uh, immediately stands out to me uh Barrett Hayton's 300 more than Cooley but Keller and Schmaltz are you know they're not expensive but I don't know how I feel about um Nick Schmaltz 4300 uh, the, the, the narrative street would tell you that Clayton Keller's from St. Louis. So, you know, there you go. Um, but this game is somewhat interesting to me. I haven't even gotten to St. Louis, but, um, you know, any interest in the Arizona spots here? Uh, I think you make great points about Arizona too. That was one that uh, I had highlighted as well. Um, and um, it, I, I don't know if you mentioned this on the front. I know it's kind of jumping ahead to the St. Louis side, but Buchnevich, uh looks like he's going to be out of the game, which uh, I believe that they jumped uh, Saad up to that, that first line. Um, yes. you know, so kind of weakening, uh, you know, that middle six, you know, uh, so, I, you know, which I would expect, uh, you know, to go against that that Arizona second line. Um, and again, not to go too deep on the line matching side, because I know that could be banned overall. Um, but with that being said, you know, uh, again, price wise, kind of, you know, sneaky, uh, you know, a little filler snack in there, filler stack in there. Um, I, I think Arizona is something that I would consider, um, you know, playing on the slate. Um, also, one thing. Um, you know, this this is a little bit of a, a rest versus rust game um, in case you believe in that kind of stuff. Arizona's played three and four. Um, St. Louis has had about four days off since their last game, which, I mean, I, I'm not saying one thing, you know, is better than the other. I know that's, uh, you know, more, again, narrative-based than anything else, um, you know, but uh, something at least to, to consider with the slate. But, you know, Arizona is something I'm considering, uh, you know, Arizona too specifically, so. 
Yeah. Um, you know, just capping off the St. Louis discussion, um, we saw Kapanen on the top power play last game after Bushnevich went out, which is moderately interesting, 3,200. Uh, he's played 16 and 18 minutes in the two games St. Louis has played. So that's, you know, it's not nothing. Um, you know, Kapanen's a good player, like offensively. It's just, you know, a matter of him getting the ice time. And for some reason, he's gotten it. Obviously, he hasn't done much with it based on his game logs um, of uh, zeros for DraftKings. But it's worth keeping an eye on. If we get that confirmed or if we don't get any confirmation of what their power play looks like, I do think Kapanen's an okay punt at 3,200, just given the minutes, given the player profile, and given the power play one job we saw. Um Somewhat intriguing is Tori Krug. Uh, I mean, he's killing penalties for this team. <laughs> um, like, it's, you know, top power play. Uh, I've always been a Tori Krug stand. I think he, you know, shoots enough. Uh, you know, he's, he's a bit older than he was in his Boston days, of course. But he was always one of those guys that I think was a little bit underrated on a per-minute basis. And so far this year, he's gotten, you know, north of 20 minutes on a team that needs defensemen who are good. Um, so I'm okay paying 5200 for Tory Krug maybe that's a situation where you're you know three stacking the power play with Kairu and uh, Kapanen and Krug who all can theoretically get there on their own just with their rates and their prices um and could you know luckily combine on the power play too so um, I'm not interested in any of the centers in St. Louis you know I would probably just rather play a Cooley one-off than a Robert Thomas for instance um but like you know I, I totally get uh, full stacking St. Louis too, they're probably going to be their, you know, uh, rather large favorites on the slate, especially given the rust that you mentioned, even though I don't quite buy St. Louis being that much better than Arizona. Um, anything else? Like, you know, just, just sneakily, uh, you know, this could be, uh, you know, a game where you're, uh, you know, stacking like an Arizona two, for an example, and bringing it back with a Krug or a Kapanen. Um, and then, you know, paying up for, you know, something else, um, you know, just because, you know, this this could be a game that lacks, you know, a lot of, a lot of defense in there. Um, and, uh, you know, it could be a sneaky, maybe not shootout necessarily, but um, it could be kind of condensed in terms of where the goals are coming from. So giving away my plan now, aren't you? Um, but no, I, I do agree. I think that's uh, a very a very game stackable game because we know where the offense should come from from these two teams um so yeah and the prices obviously mean that you can get elements of this game and get some of the top uh, you know players on the slate so um uh, moving into winnipeg where vegas uh, takes on winnipeg the fight in jack eichel's um, eichel has been an absolute man on a mission this season uh, eight and a half shot attempts per game uh clearly driving the bus uh for this squad uh DraftKings has given us a little bit of a discount on Jack Eichel, 7,500 uh, coming off of 7,900 the other night. Um, so I, I think that Eichel is very much in play here. He's shown the shots. Uh, he's got obvious stacking mates in March or so and Shea Theodore. Um, I don't think you need to play, you know, Barbashev at 4,200 or anything. Um, but if Petrangelo is out, I mean, now this is the second game in a row where Theodore's played 25 minutes. Uh, Theodore played 27 in a game that included overtime. Um, so I think Theodore is like actually going to be what I was hoping, uh, which is like a guy who plays more than 18 minutes so long as Alex Petrangelo is out. Um, and so in this matchup, you know, Winnipeg reeling after the loss of Velarde, they got absolutely cranked by L.A., 
Um, I think there's a lot to like here. So, uh, you know, do, do you share the Eichel enthusiasm, you know, the Eichel Theo enthusiasm that I'm uh, renowned for, or are you just kind of like, uh, eh, boring game next? Well, I mean, if, if you weren't involved in the MSB Discord uh, in the, the underdog streets, um, you, you wouldn't know uh, the, the shared love we have uh, for our boy Shay. Um, and uh, we were hoping you know, that this would come more naturally as, as opposed to Petrangelo being out, um, you know, uh, but I mean, you enough's been said, and I'm sure you can elaborate that on this uh, with some actual stats, but uh, you know, just on uh, the potential that he has on, on any given night, uh, especially when he's given extra minutes. Um, so yeah, uh, you know, Theodore is somebody that, um, you know, I, I am certainly having in my consideration phase for this game. Um, with that being said, Vegas overall, I'm not, uh, you know, prioritizing as a stack itself, um, you know, going into, I mean, uh, the game environment does seem to be higher paced. Um, although I, I, I think, you know, even given, you know, some of the Winnipeg injuries, I do expect it to maybe be higher event, but low, um, uh, 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 see how I can put this exactly, uh, you know, higher paced, but low, lower event. Um, you know, uh, I, I will mention, I don't know if you, I think you might've mentioned this in the front end, but Kupari, uh, does seem to be, uh, jumping into that top line, um, uh, and, uh, Ewers on that top power play. Um, not that I'm necessarily prioritizing either of those two players or either those lines, uh, but um, I think, you know, a, a Theo one-off is something that, uh, you know, would be my consideration. I also think that, um, you know, coming back on the other side, if I'm not doing something like that, uh, you know, playing Halibut, um, you know, against uh, Vegas would be something I'd be considering on this slate yeah. as well. I saw a an article from uh, one of the Winnipeg beat writers where uh, Bonus said that Appleton was going to be on the first line. Um, but Ehlers will be on the top power play. I just don't really think it matters. I don't think, I, I think this is the year people realize you just don't play anybody versus Vegas. I mean, they're such a good team. They're so, they have a, such a quality system. Um, I simply have no interest. Like sure. Kyle Connor can get there, you know, a, a punt Mason Appleton, or, you know, if, if you're right in Kapari's up there, like they could get there, but the odds are just so low against this Vegas team that just never seems to make a mistake. Um, so, you know, I, I, you know, I have the highest respect for Vegas, so I'm just never going to play guys against them this year, barring like a two or three game slate. Um, so that that's just my general stance. Um, but do keep an eye on, you know, Morning Skate if that's something you're looking out of uh, Winnipeg for. Yeah, I did see that Appleton, uh, you know, didn't practice. So I'm, it's very possible that Kapari was just, built, you know, a placeholder in mm-hmm. that situation. So that, that makes sense. Uh, so again, monitor, um, you know, that heading into tomorrow. But uh, I, I completely agree. I, I don't really have any interest in playing anything uh, on the jet side. So. so Rupe returned for the Stars. Um, they're taking on Anaheim. Uh, hints, Robertson Pavelski is uh, probably not as cheap or not as expensive as you might imagine, given a date with the Ducks. Um, so keep that in mind you know uh, again another team that just could get lost we'll see what the projection systems will be spitting out but um that that's you know immediately where my mind goes i don't really think there's anyone else in dallas i'm even remotely considering um i just think their secondary pieces are too expensive and don't aren't involved enough to be uh, to warrant consideration here um, so before we talk about leo carlson a bit on the anaheim side any interest in dallas beyond the top line uh, probably not beyond the top line. I mean, I think uh, you know, when when we see some pieces missing, um, especially out of that that first line, um, we see more minutes 
out of that the secondary uh, lines. Um, but when that's intact, uh, you know that's generally where the scoring is going to be from. Um, and on a 12-game slate, I mean, if, if we're talking, you know, again, something smaller, you know, uh, you know, those secondary lines might be in my consideration phase. But um, I think they're probably going to get some ownership too. Just, uh, you know, I know that you said that, you know, the prices are a little bit high, but I think that people are going to see that Anaheim matchup and probably, uh, you know, look at that as a, as a good way to get um, exposure to Dallas, um, and then still put in, you know, uh, you know, one of those top lines. Um, so, uh, for those reasons, uh, I'm out, uh, on those lines, uh, most likely, uh, you know, that could be, it could be different if we see, you know, the cards turn different way, but, um, at least for now, um, that's not something I'm, I'm considering at the moment. So. Okay. Um, so on the ducks end of, uh, uh, on the ducks end of things, we saw McTavish moved off of the power play one in favor of Leo Carlson. Uh, Leo Carlson is 2,500 on this slate. So an instant value option. Uh, also joining the power play one is Pavel Mintyukov. Um, I, I might not have said his name right. Mintyukov, I'm not really sure. Um, I need to watch more Ducks games apparently. But both these guys have very high prospect pedigree. Um, so right away, it's something that uh, is immediately of interest i will lightly caution that in looking through like the actual shot rates from these you know for, from the top end of the draft it was pretty clear that leo carlson uh, profiled as like the the weakest uh, rate shooter um not to say that he you know is going to be bad or anything i have no idea um but I was a little bit concerned by that. You know, uh, Fantilli and Bedard really stood out even when controlling for their, you know, peers and their environment because Carlson was playing against men in the SHL. When you look at it's eight or 98 uh, similarly aged players in the SHL, he's slightly above the average, but, you know, nothing that you would expect like this can't miss prospect to be. All that to say, he's 2,500. It's really hard for him to hurt you at that price and he can certainly help you. Um, but if he's getting steamed up around the industry, again, we've talked about so many punts already that I do think there's some uh, aspect to avoiding someone who is, say, I'm going to put the number at 15%. If I see numbers north of that, if I get the chatter north of that, I'm just completely out. But in the 10 to 15% range, I would consider me, I would consider him. And then like sub 5% is where like, you know, it's like, okay, like, yeah, like he's clearly better than a 5% punt being line one or sorry, power play one um, in any matchup, given uh, what's going on. Mintyukov, I'm not that interested in. I think he's uh, a really, you know, he's really touted as a good prospect. He just doesn't have the shot rate in the OHL that I want to see. So I want to see it from him first before I jump in. So uh, any thoughts from you on the ducks here? Yeah, uh, I think you took most of the words right out of my mouth. Um, you know, I, I think there's time to still get in uh, on Carlson um, before it's too late. Um, I don't know if this is a slate to do it. Um, you know, again, you know, the main caveat there is, like, okay, what, you know, what is the ownership going to be like? And, you know, what are you trying to build, right? You know, this this does seem like, uh, you know, you play whoever you want to play type of slate, you know, with uh, a lot of big guns on here. So uh, I'm not going to say, you know, don't add that in the mix to to help build whatever you, you, you want to build, especially, if, you know, again, if, if you're mixing in like a you know, maybe a, a, you know Tampa one or something else that's going to be lower owned, um, and Carlson's a little bit you know on the higher end. Not you know, again if we're talking like fifteen plus percent or something like that. You know that ends the conversation for me. But um, you know if it's going to be on the lower end, uh, 
you know, I, I think, yeah, totally fine. Why not? Right. Um, you know, given uh, probably minutes, he's going to play in the power play role. Um, with that being said, again, it's, it's, it seems thin in this matchup and it seems thin, uh, you know, in terms of like, Hey, you know, we don't have to be this early in the market to him. Um, now that could completely blow up my face, but, um, you know, uh, that's, that's where I'm standing right now on that, uh, to, to your point on, uh, I'm not even gonna try to pronounce, uh, that cause I'm <laughs> absolutely butcher that. Uh, but, um, you know, third line, uh, minutes, you know, uh, power playing great, cool. But, uh, it just, on a set like this, again, not something that I'm going to prioritize. I think there's enough value, uh, that we could find that's, uh, you know, maybe not that thin in this situation. So. Yeah. Um, all right. So uh, moving from there to Carolina at Seattle, as we wrap up these final three games, um, I'll just say this game is not interesting to me. Sebastian Ajo in or out. I don't really care. Tara Vinen was moved to center. So at least you can theoretically stack Tara Vinen, Jarvis and HS if you want to. Um, but I'm just not chasing the 6,300 Seth Jarvis dragon uh, scored two power play goals. My God, I've been chasing that for two years. It feels like, and he finally strikes twice in the same game. It's, you know, a little bit tilting, but also 6,300 for this guy. is just, I don't think that's very intelligent. Um, so I just don't feel good about much of anything here. Again, the uh, Brady Shea just, throw in a guy at 4200 who just shoots all the time and gets blocks and i think he leads the league in points for a defenseman right now for some reason like just you know whatever that's happening for him too um that sort of play is fine to me but there's nothing here that i want to chase there's nothing on the seattle side that i'm remotely interested in um so Mike, will DJ being at this game make it a fantasy-friendly one? Because you know if he was able to in Washington, he would be putting out a slip with five overs in this game. So, so uh, you know, can that get you there onto this game? You know what? Um, the, the the DJ factor is something I'm going to have to add in my consideration uh, tomorrow probably. So okay. we'll table that part of it for sure. Um, I, I'm, I'm usually somebody, uh, you know, that, that doesn't mind, uh, you know, uh, playing the Carolina side in games. And, and I know that, you know, the finishing is always an issue with them, you know, but, uh, you know, especially if it's a situation where they might be chasing in a game, um, you know, I'm willing to bet on some of that volume in certain situations for some of those top lines. But, uh, you know, the concern for me, and I'll make this short because I, I to just summarize this, I, I don't uh, uh, plan on playing anything in this game. Uh, they, they, it seems like, again, small sample size, uh, besides the volume that they're putting on, uh, the expected goals and the high danger chances are not falling like they usually do. Um, and again, like they have finishing issues, um, mm-hmm. but if they're not even getting, you know, the high danger chances and, you know, I watched, you know, some of that San Jose game and yeah, they put up six goals. Great. Um, it, 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 it seems like a lot of pucks are just being flung from everywhere in these games, um, which, I, I know it's not super abnormal for them. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it seems like even more so. And again, like I, I'm speaking in small sample says I want to make sure I add that ca- caveat because, you know, who, who knows, they could go off, you know, for a ton against Seattle here. But um, it, it's something that I'm, I'm monitoring and I'm not uh, necessarily willing to to jump on Carolina until I see some of that start to change. So and it's yeah, not like uh... always anyway. So. 
Yeah, as M and Matt would put it in the Discord, uh, Carolina is just a bunch of poofling and monkeys. Um, <laughs> you know, like the you know that that that's why the Brady Shays of the world work for me. Like it, it's super gross, but you know it, they at least have shown it uh, repeatable enough. And Seattle, you know, theoretically can get their shots blocked too. So it's not like Carolina should have like seventy percent possession, and you're just really fighting to get those three blocks on a defenseman. So at least that's you know that's somewhat there. Yeah, uh, and, so and I will just add really quickly, you know. Like a, again, like a I don't know uh, if Grubauer uh, is confirmed in this game or not. Um, but something you know, of course, I would consider uh, you know just like always a, you know against a, a Carolina team. Uh, also, you know, a punt a Seattle defenseman uh, you know that's going to get some blocks uh, would be something I would consider as a one-off as well. Yeah, Alexiak tends to be that guy, um, but the field also plays Jamie Alexiak. Alexiak, so you know, I yeah. guess keep an eye on him. All right, Chicago and Colorado, uh, the uh nathan mckinnon uh will he have 20 shot attempts tonight uh will he won't he we'll see um i don't think we need to explain to you why colorado's a good play um just do note that last game they rolled mckinnon rantanen and found the chushkin uh they flipped juin and the chushkin um you know that's I think a positive signal for Colorado. I'm still not sure that I want to play uh Nichushkin in a Ranton and McKinnon stack. I think obviously you can, he's 4,700. Um, but there may be some like uh benefit to that because if the power play strikes, if Nichushkin just puts up, you know, 11 DraftKings points, you can probably find a 20 spot on the slate in the, this 5k range. Um, so like, I'm, I don't think the Chushkin's a necessary piece here. Um, so any thoughts on Colorado? Are you trying to copy my Ryan Johansson Lekkinen fancy play from, from lastly that if you read my write-up, I swapped off of, um, you know, for, for a pretty good reason. Um, but like any interest in Colorado here and how are you playing them? Yeah. I mean, uh, Colorado too, I, I would assume that they're going to be pretty popular, um, you know, at, at, at that price range, um, you know, again, could be wrong about that, but, uh, you know, that's just, you know, what, looking at this again, like, how do you grab pieces against, uh, you know, a Chicago team and then still, you know, get in your top stack with it. Um, so I, I would anticipate, you know, uh, Colorado two getting some, some, uh, some action, uh, some steam, but, um, I, you know, I, I do, I do have interest in Colorado one, um, you know, especially given the Michigan move, uh, to the top line, but, you know, again, it, you know, we're talking about just so many different options here, uh, you know, and uh, it's it's a pretty hefty price to pay, um, you know, so, um, you know, I think I would prefer that to, um, you know, a Dallas one, um, you know, but, um, you know, it, it's, it, it's, it's tough to say exactly, you know, because, uh, you know, you, you do, like, you know, uh, the McKinnon stuff, you know, you, you've got the floor built in there, but, you know, as we've said, you know, uh, or you guys have said countless times, it's just like, you know, it, it's a, it's a lot of empty, uh, you know, calorie type of shots in, in, involved in there. Um, so uh, it's not, you know, at the front of my priority list, but, you know, of course, uh, you know, given the matchup, it's something that uh, it's in my consideration too. So. Yeah. Um, well, I think, you know, where I'm going from here. Uh Connor Bedard, um, <laughs> this dude just continues to just put up otherworldly numbers for, I mean, his first four games have been completely obnoxious. Um, he had another six shot attempts against the Leafs. 
Um, now that's not that impressive compared to 11, 7, 12 in the three games prior, um, but he still managed to put up 0.4 expected goals. Every single one of his shot attempts was a scoring chance. Um, and it was his first pointless game of his career. He didn't hit the shots bonus. So, you know, having the worst game of his career, um, I'm willing to bet on him bouncing back. And the reason I just really want to be early to the party because yet again, Taylor Hall, 4,500, Ryan Donato, 3,900. These dudes are playing 18, 19, 20 minutes, power play one alongside what I think is maybe the best fantasy prospect to come around in two decades. I understand Connor McDavid exists, but nobody shoots the puck like Connor Bedard. So it's almost like you're just locking in 10 points with him on a nightly basis. And when you get guys who are so cheap that correlate to him, I mean, he's going to have a multi-point night sooner than later, and you are literally looking at 70, 80 DraftKings points from guys that shoot a lot, like Ryan Donato does, and that have that multi-point potential um, being glued to his hip. So I understand it's a bad spot. It's, yeah. it's a, you know, quote-unquote good Colorado team, but man, I just think this game will be fun. Um, so if I'm playing McKinnon, I'm probably doing it with a Chicago stack. Like that's, you know, even if you're not playing Bedard, I, I think you should play Bedard, but I could see paths where Bedard puts up 12, 13, 14, 15, and Donato and Hall still get there because they just happen to get the goals and they push Colorado to have that sort of fun environment. So this game is one of those game stacks that I actually do kind of believe in. Um, so, you know, you know where I'm going, though, because I don't think there will be a slate this year while uh, his line mates are this cheap that I'll be fading Chicago on any slate. Um, but I understand why people won't be playing Bedard at his AK price tag. Yeah, I mean, I, I think at the at the risk of uh, triggering MN Matt, um, I, I think that there's, you know, there's a lot of exhaustion around Bedard, um, you know, just from a, like a, a player standpoint. But there's no denying, you know, what he offers from a night to night basis from a fantasy standpoint uh you know uh it's it i know that you know again to to plug uh your newsletter um you know your write-up on bedard you know it was incredible and uh you know i i the the i think where i'm looking at something like this so first of all i i love the idea of uh you know maybe stacking colorado adding in a, a bedard one-off and, and kind of game stacking that way or the other way around mm -hmm. even like Stacking uh, Chicago one, uh, you know, adding in McKinnon or another piece like that to bring it back for that game environment. I, I think that that's uh, definitely in play. I'm probably looking um, to play Bedard, you know, in uh, not necessarily a, a better matchup necessarily, but looking to to see or you know to get in early on him at home um, when they're able to dictate those matchups a little bit differently um, and you know maybe protect uh, and again at the risk of getting too much in the line matching type of conversation, but just, just seeing him, uh, you know, not have to play any, mean, cause like the gauntlet he's gone through, uh, and been able to put up those numbers, mm -hmm. like is incredible, right. You know, it, it's, it's been a who's who of, uh, you know, generation, uh, not, I, I don't like to throw that word around too much, but, you know, elite centers, um, to start his career and to put up those numbers it, is incredible, but just given price, uh, and, and the, the size of the slate, Probably not where I'm going um, in this situation, but um, I, I will be on the Bedard train sooner than later. That's for sure. All right. Well, uh, you know, hop on soon because it's leaving the station. <laughs> All right. Um, Boston at San Jose to wrap things up here. Um, on the Boston front, there's only three players that I care about. David Pasternak is now on a line with uh, Pavel Zaka and Jake DeBrusque. 
Um, remains to be seen whether JVR keeps the net from power play role. If we don't get confirmation, I don't think you can play 5.7k to Brusque. Um, but you know, and quite frankly, I'm not sure I want to play Boston here. Like, you know, there's so many other spots. I'm not sure 9,400 Pasternak is what I want to do. Um, but obviously, he has the potential to break any slate. So um, I will just say that those are the only Boston guys I'm remotely considering. I'm not interested in Marshand and his new line mates. Um, Charlie McAvoy is too expensive at near 6K for, for my liking. Um, but, you know, so I'll throw it to you for Boston. And I know you mentioned uh, seeing new San Jose stuff as well. So I'll let you talk about that. Yeah, uh, on, the, on the Boston side, if, if that first line fully correlated in the power play too uh it'd probably be more in my consideration phase but uh you know debrusque um uh, you know and, and just the overall cost of that line um it's just not something i i'm prioritizing on this slate um you know so i i think you you uh you know hit on the head those would be the only players i would ever consider on this but it's it's just not something that uh again i'm prioritizing on this um uh, you know, on the shark side, you know, overall, you know, this game just doesn't seem, you know, you know, you could say late, late night hammer on this type of thing, you know, given that it's the sharks. Um, but, um, you know, I, we, we have uh, our boy Obank coming in on the second line, um, you know, and I could, I could see that being a piece, uh, you know, maybe that second line just in general um, being something that, uh, you know, I, I look at as just like a, you know, dart throw type of situation, but not something that if I'm building, you know, uh, you know, one to three lineups that I'm, I'm ever going to consider. So, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I, I am high on Thomas Bordalo as a player. So like the Bordalo LeBanks Adina does sound kind of interesting, um, I just, you know, LeBanks coming in at 3,400. If he was true minimum, maybe I would consider it. Uh, same deal. Zadina's 3,600. So like, it's cheap for sure. Um, just, just, you know, I just don't think I'm going that cheap. I don't think I need to. And I would much rather punt defensemen, I think on this slate. Um, anyway, so uh, one thing to keep an eye on, uh, Henry Thrun got sent down to the AHL for San Jose defensively. Um, they've been rolling a five power, five forward top power play, but clearly anybody who's on the ice for um, for, for San Jose is potential to block shots. Um, this Nikita Okutiuk seems like he'll draw back in. Um, so I don't think he's a guy who's going to take power play time. And Jan Ruda was taking power play time. He's 2,800 and has three straight games of hitting the blocks bonus. Um, you know, he's an NHL veteran, like he's obviously going to play a bunch of minutes for this blue line. Um, and I've just been playing him and feel like uh, he was on the power play too before Thrun, um, you know, took it from him and now Thrun's gone. So like, it's it's not guaranteed and I don't think you need it, but I at least want to spend a little bit of time shouting out Ruda because he's gotten me three straight blocks bonuses, which is pretty cool, I would say, for a punt defenseman. Anything else from you before we do top stacks guaranteed goals? No, I think that covers it. All right. Yeah. 12 games. What an absolute monster. So let's uh, crush through these stacks and goals and get on out of here. Do you have a top stack in mind? Okay. So I have a quick question before we, we jump into that. I know the rules around the guaranteed goals. Um, top stack. Do we have a salary we're working around here? Uh, just don't pick the McDavid line, the McKinnon line, you know, try and be reasonable like uh, right. <laughs> with, with the pricing, but it's, doesn't matter not technically no I'll go, I'll go spicy with my second one then uh my cool. first one 
I'll take four to two. So it's Chuck, West Ryan, and Grant. Okay. Spicy. Um, all right. Give me uh give me Vegas. I really Eichel um sitting at 7,500. Uh talking about Rupe hints made me realize that maybe Dallas does get some steam. And Eichel sitting below that price. Um, you know, Shea Theodore sitting at 6K. I don't think anyone clicks on uh, Vegas here. And I think those two in particular should just you know, smash this Winnipeg team. Uh, that's assuming Petrangelo is out. If Petrangelo is in, I'll probably be less interested in Theodore. And obviously then, you know, I'm probably not playing a one-off Jack Eichel when, you know, Bedard and all these other centers are there that I prefer stacking with. Um, but if uh, Petrangelo is out and Theodore is like that great option, I will be mixing in some Eichel on Thursday night. Uh, and then March or so for the third one. But, you know, that's uh, not that important to me. How about your second? Um, so I will just add to, uh, you know, with my my first fact is you, uh, of course, can, uh, you know, substitute out of Verhege, uh, you know, and add OEL in there just to make it a little cheaper for yourself. But um, playing it straight up, uh, just going with that full line, uh, my my second stack will be Calgary 1. So um, I'm, I, I am putting my, you know, uh, you know, uh, name on the line with Jonathan Huberto. And I do realize that going into this um so we will go huberto uh, manjipani and uh Lindholm. you come on this podcast and you want to build your slate around jonathan huberto i love it i love the uh, i love the goal out of you um Band. Right, so yeah, exactly well so we'll, we'll never be hearing from you again um <laughs> the uh second stack you know it's not going to be a surprise but uh I like playing uh, the Conor Bedard stack with Kel McCarr. I think the way that you do that is you say, okay, McKinnon can get his, but Kel McCarr is going to drive the ship on this slate. And the way I'm going to afford that is, you know, Bedard's going to make basically a, you know, he's going to make hay on the power play because we haven't really seen that power play click just yet. Um, You know, you see the passes and Bedard just looks like an absolute animal like he's throwing pucks at dudes and they're just not expecting them because they're wide open but there's three dudes between Bedard and them and I just feel like that's gonna click sooner than later like Donato does nothing if not score goals well um so sub 4k on him being a top line top power play 18 minute a night role is just disparaging Taylor Hall you know uh, he's a very good player he's his cheapest of the year too so, like, I don't care that Bedard's expensive. His line meets are all super cheap. You run it back with a Kelma car. I love that game stack. I think this game will shoot out in a big way, and I will definitely be building around um, these these players in some way, shape, or form. All right, okay. so 11K guaranteed goals. Um, I don't remember who mine were last show, and DJ's normally the one who jots it down. So let's just pretend Ben and I both hit. Um, great job. When you two hit Lekin and I forget who that was, uh, is your Ben? Uh, oh, I had, I had, oh, that's right. I had Kaprizov. He had Lekin in and then he picked, oh, he picked Eric Sinek. So um, you, guys had a, you guys had a good night. Let's see. Yeah. Lekin in scored. Eric Sinek scored. I had Kaprizov and then I punted uh, with Bukestad. Bukestad didn't hit. All right. Well, three for four. Not bad. And kudos to Ben for uh, not getting his stacks, but getting his guaranteed goals. All right. So, uh, do you want to take the first player off the board for, for this segment? Why don't you shoot first? All right. I am going to go pretty cheap. Um, I am going to grab on uh, Kasperi Kapanen. Power play one for St. Louis. Um, you know, just like the game with them in Arizona. I think that uh, 
Kapanen playing the minutes he's playing is a uh, actually good play. And so I'm just going to rely on that power play one job to come through. All right. I like it. Um, I am also going to go on the cheap side and I'm going to go much more thin than that. Um, Cause I, I don't know if I can look at myself in the mirror without uh, taking my boy uh capital taco um, at 3,700. Okay. Um, okay. Not getting the power play minutes, uh, of course. Uh, the, although that second power play is getting more run, um, at least in this short term, than they did mm-hmm. under, uh, the previous regime. Um, but, uh, you know, again, I, I think I mentioned the front end, you know, I, I do think that this line is live, um, you know, uh, tomorrow night. Uh, so uh, although it's a little bit on the thinner side, you know, I, I didn't come here to, to be safe. So we're going to go. <laughs> I love to hear it. Um, yeah, so I will uh, spend up with my money on Jason Robertson, 7,800 uh, fits perfectly. Um, you know, Robertson is in a great spot. Clearly he's just an awesome player. 7,800 feels way too cheap when Pasternak's 9,400 dry titles, 8,800. And I think Robertson has the best game environment of them all. So um, yeah, Robertson's my guaranteed goal here. Uh, let's close things out with your guaranteed goal. So admittedly, there wasn't a lot that I loved in, in this range. Uh, so uh, 7,300 is what I'm working with. And there's no reason to not go with my boy. Uh, I get, I'd probably be our boy, uh, William Nylander at that price. So Hey, uh, th- this dude's criminally underrated by those schmucks in Toronto who try to ship him out of town every offseason. He's just, just score a lot of goals and then go somewhere else. It'd be, it'd be a great, great narrative. So. Yeah. Alrighty. Um, thank you so much for taking the time to join me. I had a blast. Um, and this slate is chock full of options. So uh, anything you want to say before we close out? Uh, no, thank you guys uh, so much for the time. Um, I-, I will just add one last thing is that uh, I started listening to uh, your guys' podcast. I think it was on 2019 and uh, the amount it's done for, for my game and my process uh, uh, cannot be me- measured. Uh, so um, thank you guys for having me on here. Thank you for all that you guys do. I appreciate all your guys' work. I appreciate the community. Shout out to everybody in there. Um, and yeah, that's it. I hope I hope everybody has a great Thursday. All right. Thank you so much. Uh, Mike is at MKBerg12 on Twitter, uh, obviously in the Discord too. He's not an active Twitter fellow, but um, you know, give him a follow anyway. Show, show him your support. Um, and thanks to all of you as uh, we head into another 50K to first night over on DraftKings. So best of luck out there, everyone. From Doug, from DJ, from Mike, and from myself. Have a good sleep, everybody, and we will see you.